Welcome back to The Paper Fold. I'm your host, Sarah, the paper nerd, and I'm so glad to be back nerding out with you on my favorite topic, stationery. This episode is special to me for many reasons. Not only am I getting to sit down with a wonderful paper nerd friend, Christy Asper of Paper Baristas, but we get to talk about what goes into creating a truly cause-related range like Paper Baristas. Now, cause-related or charity-driven merchandise is such a broad term, and it means a lot of different things to different people in different spaces. In the consumer space, sometimes companies make a big show on their packaging and at retail of earmarking a bit of their profits, not the proceeds of a given product to charity. This is a really fashionable practice these days. And it's really obvious during, say, October, National Breast Cancer Month, walk into any store and there is so much pink, it's unbelievable that breast cancer has not been completely eradicated off the face of this earth. But paper Paper Baristas is not just about giving lip service to a cause du jour. Founded by Christy and her husband, John Mark, in 2019, this fair trade stationary company has a mission to end human trafficking and modern day slavery, one beautiful sheet of upcycled paper at a time. Paper Baristas literally gives new life to people who have been victims of sex trafficking, paying them living wages as they promote sustainability with their recycled, biodegradable, and pollution-free paper. they also rescue, in this case, from landfills. Doing so much good, however, is not easy. Logistically speaking, this is so much more involved than simply designing a card and sending it off to the printer. Fueled by plenty of coffee, Christy has created a brand that puts tangible, positive change into the world through not just its uplifting stationery, but its very structure. So you know I have a million questions for her, and I'll have Christy on right after this. Hey nerds, by now most of you are doubtless familiar with that fantastic and fantastical LA-based brand, Girl With Knife, as well as its creative powerhouse founder, Alicia Castaldi. This brand's rise has been as dramatic and sharp as, well, the edge of a knife. That's because Girl With Knife is more than your new BFF in paper goods and home decor. It's a mood and a lifestyle, as illustrated by the awards it has stacked up in less than five years like so many pairs of Jimmy Choo's. Alicia won the highly competitive and coveted Artist of the Year Louis Award in 2022. Meanwhile, her individual cards have received an ever-growing slew of Louis and Noted at Noted awards. However, such is the allure of Girl with Knife that its renown is spreading outwards from the small paper and gift community. Because Alicia is a true disruptor, she has chosen to redesign a series of houses dotted across LA from Bel Air to Palm Springs with an eye toward creating living design spaces for her brand. These have been dubbed Knife Houses and they are receiving major airtime from HGTV and the like. Meanwhile, while Girl with Knife is the first paper brand I can think of that received major international press coverage in Ola Magazine Spain, as well as Hello Magazine UK and Ola Magazine Mexico. Many of us paper nerds became Swifties once we heard that the singer herself is a big card sender. Well, another celeb who I cannot name sent Taylor a Girl with Knife card atop a floral arrangement before her era's concert in LA. The divine blush and black design reading, I just friggin' adore you, was perfect for that historic occasion 
and I can only imagine it was most well received by Ms. Swift. Behind all the fanfare, however, there is authentic emotion and edge behind each design, be it greeting card, candle, art print, or desk must-have. Alicia has been a guest on this podcast and shared how autobiographical notes run through every last piece. There is so much more than meets the eye. You will love exploring every last design. So if you're a paper nerd out in the wild looking to express your best self as you uplift those you adore, head on over to girlwithknife, all spelled out, .com and immerse yourself. I guarantee your stationery, as well as your living and workspaces, will slay. Christy, welcome to the Paper Fold. Hey, thank you for having me, Sarah. I am all kinds of like nervous and excited um, and such an honor to like be interviewed by you. I remember our first show in Atlanta 2019 and I was like, oh my goodness, there's Sarah Schwartz, just like in awe of you. So I'm just so honored to be here today. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. The honor is all mine. So... Your artisanal stationary range had a really lofty ambition out of the gate. And I noticed that from the very first time mm -hmm. I saw you in 2019, mm -hmm. leave this earth better than its current state, environmentally, environmentally, culturally, and spiritually. And you really don't just walk the walk, you talk the talk. Um, you mm -hmm. do this in so many ways with your brand. Um, from the fair trade, no tree paper used in mm -hmm. your stationary offerings to your larger mission of stopping sex trafficking. Uh, there yeah. is so much, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, <laughs> but let's, yeah. but let's yes. start. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning uh, with your original inspiration. And this is this I pulled from your site. Uh your John Mark, who is your husband and business partner, um, right, and printer and janitor and all the things, right? <laughs> and whatever needs to be done at the whatever moment. Whatever needs to be done, God bless him. <laughs> so he was in grad school uh, uh -huh. when Christy began dreaming of owning a business that allowed her to stay at home with their kids and and make a difference. Um, Christy was a victim of sexual abuse as a child and was determined to not only protect her children, but countless other helpless victims. What started as simply giving back to fight human trafficking has evolved into employing victims and helping them gain the life they have always dreamed of. Whoa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so first yeah. off, so let's unpack that. Um, so first off, you were so courageous to be so uh, open, thanks. um, which is not easy. Um, but I think that act in, of in and of itself goes such a long way to normalizing mm -hmm. these horrible experiences and putting them out in the open. Yeah. Uh, um, because they, in the dark, they turn into something bigger than what they are. Um, mm -hmm. according to the crimes against children research center, one in five girls and one in 20 boys is a victim of child sexual abuse. Um, that's a lot of people. Um, yeah. it's probably not even an accurate number. Uh, but right. since no one talks about it, most victims feel very isolated and ashamed as a result. Now, mm -hmm. I, I am a fellow survivor of child sexual abuse, uh, something mm -hmm. I haven't been well. publicly <laughs> open about. And yeah. I, don't, I don't even really feel comfortable admitting it now, mm -hmm. but your bravery gives me courage. And mm -hmm. 
I also want my listeners to know how pervasive this issue truly is. So I know personally that coming to terms with these early horrible experiences can be a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. So my first question to you is, how do you think creating and running Paper Baristas has advanced your healing process? Um, well, I mean, first of all, I truly, genuinely want to thank you for sharing that with me mm-hmm. um, and with your audience. Like that is not an easy thing to share. It comes with so much other things to unpack, whether it's with family or friends or having those conversations. Um, and, and yeah, like, I think every time I share my story, there are people who come out and they're like, I was too. Um, and that to me alone is pretty healing just to know Mm -hmm. that I wasn't alone in all that. But I mean, yeah. And look at you now. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, your bravery spurs people to you know, have that process where they're like, Hey, you know, maybe I went through something similar and maybe I've been sort of responding to it incorrectly. And maybe, you know, maybe talking about it, well, you know, or connecting with it in some way will kind of like help me navigate it. Right. Yeah. And I feel like there's always healing to be had, you know, after you have kids, after just, just in every season of life. But I mean, going back to your question, you know, it took me, oh gosh, you know, probably 30 years to be Mm -hmm. upfront about it and to share Mm -hmm. it publicly with my brand was something that I just recently did in the last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, thank goodness for therapy, but my therapist (laughs) just had said like, why are you trying to protect your perpetrator? And that was a really hard question, you know, for me, Mm -hmm. because I was Mm -hmm. like, it was a family member. And so mm-hmm. I didn't want, you know, parents to, to be blamed. You know, I just didn't want this, all this ramification coming from it. And I did have to cut a lot of family ties to be able to do it, mm-hmm. which was difficult. Um, but you know, for me, like just saying out, saying it out loud was healing. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and, and the other piece of it was when I was a kid, I was actually really into art. I won mm-hmm. several awards. I'm n- not trying to be braggy. I'm just trying to say like, it was a pa- it was an absolute passion of mine. And after the abuse really wrecked my life, I just stopped mm. doing art, period. I just really did. I wasn't the person who I was meant to be. And mm-hmm. it took years to try to get back into art and it happened slowly. And so, mm-hmm. and even now, and the, even now, like <laughs> I hire artists and I know like I can do a lot of this stuff, but it's like, there's just something in me that, um, can't fully go there. So anytime I draw, anytime I do things just for me, it's mm-hmm. part of that healing process for sure. 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 Mm-hmm. sure. I mean, as a creative, I think, you know, <sighs> Being creative, putting something out into the world just helps me process whatever it is that I need to process. Um, It's not always easy, but like it does kind of help you uh, navigate it. Um, And, you know, art is connecting with yourself, you know, is expressing yourself. So if you're, if something is askew, you know, in that process, like. Right. It's going to be some dark art. (laughs) Right, but it, you need to yeah. work through it. You know, right. you'll work you do through need it. to work through it. Mm-hmm. 
Hey nerds, it is once again that time to shout out my fabulous sponsor, Kitty Meow Boutique, as well as the amazing creative community its founder, Katherine Hildner, has built around her. This Chicago force of nature is a modern day Renaissance woman, as you'll shortly learn. Everything starts with the Kitty Meow Boutique brand. This stationery and gift range is fun, fierce, and specifically designed to make women feel confident, empowered, and courageous. These distinctive offerings can be shopped in over 1,300 stores in 13 countries, but at the core of every last skew is Kat's commitment to her clientele. You are her number one priority to be treated like the long lost friend you are. Catherine knows it is a blessing to figuratively walk beside you as you navigate your own highs and lows. And that comes through loud and clear in every last offering. Speaking of which, get ready for a slew of new Kitty Meow boutique releases. Kat is getting ready to release a ton of new stickers, candles, gift bags, and keychains. So while KMB greeting cards perfectly accessorize every last moment in a woman's life from that new baby to a new work partnership and everything in between these offerings in other categories allow you to truly put your personality out there i often refer to stickers as greeting cards to the world well so are candles gift bags and keychains it's never been easier for your personality to truly shine with style seasoned with the occasional snark of course but Catherine doesn't just talk the empowerment talk she lives it just as she puts her stationary customers first when a maker takes part in kmb education offerings her focus is on growing and even scaling that brand just like it was her own. Through a variety of course offerings, Kat figuratively walks alongside her clients as they build and grow their businesses. In today's tough economic climate, even a little mistake can really cost you. Kat uses her hard-won experience gained in the stationary trenches to help you navigate every last up and down, master your online business, increase sales, and boost your business confidence along the way to boot. So whether you are wanting to turn your artwork into a card, experience the self-pay, self-study of the KMB Wholesale Intensive, join a KMB group coaching container, or dive super deep with a one-on-one mentorship, Kat can help you turn your dreams to reality. Meanwhile, everything all comes into the very sharpest focus at the ultimate product party, UPP for short. It's still not too late to get tickets for Kat's May 2024 event in Southern California. There you can be in the UPP room where it all happens for two dazzling days of keynote speakers, breakout workshops, roundtable discussions, panels, networking, dreaming, scheming, content creating, and of course, fun and friendship. So whether you are trying to connect with that far-flung bestie or dominate the market with your brilliant creations, it all starts at kittymeowboutique.com. So get on this already, kitty cats, and be sure to tell Kat that Sarah sent you. I will say this, this morning when I was prepping for our um, interview, I, you know, I've started like kind of gathering that my subjects work and I have the um, little frame you sent me with home is the nicest, home is the nicest word there is by Laura Ingalls Wilder. You sent it to me oh, a couple yeah. of years ago yeah. and on the back you wrote, you basically wrote this like beautiful expression of why you created this card and mm-hmm. um and how it related to you and I like I'm still thinking about it several years later so mm. <laughs> like I, I really thought it was beautiful can I read what you wrote on the back oh, is that yeah. okay I, yeah of course who knows what you, I wrote <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where I'm usually at but yeah it's it was for the noted at noted uh finalist I think it was in 2021 I want to say and you had really? sent uh I th- it was either 2020 or 2021 and you had sent me and the 
judge, you made it, you were in the finalist round, you'd sent the judges and I like a sample of this card and you wrote this on the back. Um, and it just says on the front, home is the nicest word there is, Laura Ingalls Wilder. And it's got a very simple line drawing of two hands holding yeah. each other. It just says, Laura Ingalls Wilder always had a special place in my heart. Her books were home to me when I had no place to call home. As a child, I was abused. And to escape, I would climb a big oak tree, read her books, and dream of being on the prairie. Now that I live in her home state, it seemed fitting to dedicate a card to her. Few people hmm. know... But this past is our reason to end human trafficking in the supply chain. It drives much of the inspiration between our car behind, sorry, behind our cars. It's so beautiful. And oh, that makes me tear up just hearing it because it is it does take me back to like being on a tree and trying to escape abuse and yeah, just getting lost in someone's art, which at the time was writing, you know? Yeah. Totally. I'm a big reader. I always grew up with a book in my hand and, uh, uh, I always had it with me like to, if I, if I needed to like escape my current situation, I needed yeah. to like have that book and yeah. it's a habit I've never let go of. I always have my mm -hmm. Kindle with me and it is, you know, reading to me is like kind of soothing and, um, kind of escapist and it, it's just yeah, a very, absolutely. like, yeah great way to kind of, um, escape. Feel, yeah. Just to escape yeah. it, but it's very healthy. I mean, like it's a, it's you know, so healthy. Now I only like escape to stationary trends or the Magnolia magazine. <laughs> That's about it. But I love um, it. Yeah. everybody needs it. Everybody, you know, whatever I it is, a, like you need it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I oh. do need it. Thanks for writing the magazine. That's really <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I guess I better get started on my fall issue. <laughs> so, you know, so, but, you know, there's a million cause related companies. A lot of companies, you know, do have these causes that are very, uh, close to their heart. And there's certainly nothing wrong with, you know, earmarking a portion of profits, a portion of sales to, oh, to donate. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but you go so much further than that. Um, and so I want to kind of ask you a little bit about your logistics of, uh, like employing mm -hmm. victims of sexual trafficking. I mean, mm -hmm. how do you find them? How does your operation work? Like, how does even yeah. one start to do this? I mean, I feel like the way I explain to people, it's like an onion, you know, that we slowly mm -hmm. peel away at. Um, mm -hmm. When we first started off, we were not doing handmade paper and then realizing mm -hmm. that there's a lot of child forced labor in pulping of the trees. Mm -hmm. And so then we switched over to handmade paper and then realizing that like a majority of handmade papers in India, well, there's so much slavery there because of the caste system. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was a slow, it was a slow process. Um, we have a team out there in India who ensures that, all the paper is made in a facility that really takes care of the workers. And then mm -hmm. they actually like seek out people to employ. Um, and then we're trying in another country to go ahead and get that set up. And we work often with like nonprofits to get that going because it's not just rescuing something, someone from sex trafficking mm -hmm. or slavery. The process too needs to be that we need a partner with people who can bring healing, who mm -hmm. can bring a stable home. Um, and, and so there's so many aspects of that. 
mm-hmm. uh, it's a long-term game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I love that you are doing it. Uh, when I last saw you in person in uh, San Francisco uh, yeah. this past spring, it noted um, you were you were considering buying a plant in Mexico. I yeah. Think. Okay. Yeah. So how's that going? So how's I mean, it was interesting. Out? Yeah. Right after right after noted in San Francisco, which I love noted. So here's a little plug for it. Sign up for it. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, we went down to the border. So we met with another paper making manufacturer and we're thinking about partnering with them to set up a plant there in Mexico. We had met someone through a church speaking engagement who's like a missionary out there and working towards fighting sex trafficking. Mm -hmm, Um, And mm -hmm. that's what got me the idea of going to Mexico. So he actually lives in Mexico. He was also a victim himself. And Mm -hmm. he So we finally got a meeting with him. We were telling him, like he told us that they're, they were, the government was asking them to move to a different city to start the same program because their program has been really successful there in Mexico Mm -hmm. and um, of rescuing victims and then actually like creating sustainable living for them. So they asked them to move to another city that is basically known for human trafficking. They have a festival every year where they sacrifice a woman. I know this is really heavy. Oh, isn't that lovely? I know. know. What a beautiful tradition. I know. I'm sorry. Um, So we just felt so bad. So basically what they, every city in Mexico is known for a different artisan trade. And this Mm -hmm. town is only known for sex trafficking. And so what we want to do is we want to go into that city and revitalize that city and have it be known for a trade like paper making. The wow. and so we went down there with another paper company. Uh, the idea first is to start in Tijuana, which is really close to the border. Their paper company is right there in San Diego so they could go back and forth. It's so important to have like eyes on deck, people on hand. Um, We met with an organization that is helping people transition into out of a, like from a safe house into like an actual living. Um, We met several kids who were recovering from being trafficked, um, boys and girls, girls who had babies from people who had um, abused them. I mean, it was just, it was hard. Um, And the other thing that we're having to deal with in Mexico is the cartel. So it's a very risky, um, and we're, and we're going slowly at it, basically. Like we're, we're trying to figure out, we're trying to make more trips. We're having to have more conversations because this is not like a, a night and day situation. Like with India, it's taken us four years right, um, right. to get to that place. So um, it's encouraging because there are already organizations helping with that. And the uh, Mexican government is really excited to partner with companies that are wanting to bring businesses there. So that is exciting, but you do have to worry about the cartel there. And um, we're trying to employ women who are past the age of being in their prime at first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. try because they're less of a threat to the cartel. So it's just, it, I mean, there's just, like I said, it's an onion situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, and it sounds like a really big, long process. Oh my word. Uh, you know, and I just like, I don't know. I just, pray into it daily. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes it, it all has to be about good timing too. 
Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I know. And and I'm imagining, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of uh, perseverance. I, I, mm-hmm. I do so hope it comes together for you. I mean, it's certainly oh. from a business perspective. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just like, it's, yes. it's a win-win. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it can, obviously it can improve countless lives right? Um, and, and enable you to keep doing what you do. I mean, it's easier for you to deal with Mexico from Iowa, oh. I would assume then India. Oh, so. Absolutely. And I'm fluent in the language. So that helps, you know, I mean, just right. small things like that. I mean, we'll keep the India situation going just because we have sure. great relationships, but COVID has really taught us for a while that it's just difficult, you know, even in order for us to be fair trade, it means that we need to treat our employees fairly. And so that means mm-hmm. that no one's working around the clock, especially when there's COVID, but they're still getting paid. So there's just like that component where we COVID really rocked us where we've been wanting to launch just selling paper, but that's taken a while because all we can supply is like our own greeting cards. So look, I mean, running a business ethically and um, in this day and age is so difficult. Uh, So I admire you guys for even trying to do it. Um, <laughs> definitely so, trying. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of which, um, every last paper baristas product is sustainable, uh, mm-hmm. made of your pollution free fair trade paper, as you mentioned of upcycled mm-hmm. cotton. So mm-hmm. when a consumer chooses your product, I don't, you can't see me, but I have your weekly blend, uh, to mm-hmm. go planner in my hand, mm-hmm. they are truly choosing one that uh, supports the environment in ways mm-hmm. many most of its counterparts do not. Um, and I, I, I would imagine also that since much of your project product is letter pressed, um, another process done by hand, then that this mm-hmm. must drive up the price of the product uh, even mm-hmm. more. Am I am I right? I mean, it it certainly does. Um, fair trade means that. It, a majority of like 70% of your products needs to be made in a third world country mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. they're not for us. It's not just a sustainable wage for that country, but it's a sustainable wage for us as well. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, we want to totally. pay above just the standard minimum. Um, and so, yeah, it does affect the cost. I would say that um, and and that too, we're like, nobody is as stupid as we are to do what we're doing. <laughs> Um, no, no, that's not really it. carbon it here. But it, I mean, it is probably like three times as much as a normal greeting wow. card for us to manufacture. And mm-hmm. that's always like a, a difficult pill to swallow. Um, we could never have letter pressed it outsource letter pressing. So we have mm-hmm. like three presses in our third garage. Um, so we press it ourselves. So that kind of helps bring down the cost. Um, we mm-hmm. take anything. So when we take that cotton, that upcycled cotton, mm-hmm. we literally, mm-hmm. India is known for the garment industry because of the slavery involved in there. So a lot of textile products are made in India now um, for consumers. And so when that cotton gets tossed out, we take that cotton and we refurbish it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the cost of material isn't bad. It's just like the wages, the labor, the, sure. and, and it takes a long time. Um, but, you know, I think the other thing too, is we wanted you know, in the back of my head, I always wanted people to, for that not to be a barrier for like, Mm -hmm. if it was like between, and I think we live in very specific times where that you're having to look at that. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, if they had to pick between, you know, fair trade and non-fair trade, and it's a dollar difference. I mean, 
I get it. You know, like sometimes I want to buy organic food, but it's more expensive and I'm on a budget. So we really wanted it to still be attainable. So we, at the end of the day, we buy into that cost. Um, and we feel like we, um, so we remain really competitive with everyone else. And that just means our margins are less and we're okay with Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh I mean, technically you were saving these, uh, shards from a dump, you know, you're just basically mm-hmm. taking something that would yeah. be waste and making something beautiful and functional out of it. And so, um, you know, the customer is helping to support that, that process. And I mean, like, obviously it resonates. I know you're in, anthro- I know you're in anthropology. We were uh, so excited about that. <laughs> yay! What did you, what, what's in that? What do you, what did you send? Um, we have a Oh Happy Day card and we just sent mm-hmm. in a joy to the world. And we literally, I mean, every store is important to us, right? Any right, small sure. from big store, but I've never in a million years ever thought I would ever have a product that's in a mall. I know maybe that's okay. the 90s child in me that used to go to the mall <laughs> and like, you know, hang out. But my husband and I literally went last week and we just walked to the store and I was like, this is just such a surreal moment. So yeah, um, anthropology yes. has been a near one. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. Anthropology is a special You know, it's a special plateau, I think, for a lot of makers to hit. Um, It's certainly a fantastic, you know, shopping experience. And your product is the type of product that those customers appreciate and, you know, understand that, hey, I'm saving this from the garbage can. You know, I'm saving this paper from the garbage can and it's going to help me organize myself. Like, it's worth, it's worth that amount. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk coffee. It's definitely great. (laughs) I love coffee. Um, um, Let me take a sip. I have a little bit left in my cup. Can you speak to its role in your brand and your life? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we spend a lot of late nights when it just used to be John Mark and I, you know, printing on a small press in the bathroom, Um, late, late nights with two kids. So coffee plays a very important role in keeping us going. But I mean, mainly we, um, I mean, it's one of those things that just kind of worked. We used to have a business called the Ink Cafe when I did wedding surgery back in the day. Um, But, you know, I wanted to keep the the trend of coffee because we like coffee so much. But what clicked to me one day was like, everyone thinks when they think of fair trade, they think of coffee immediately. And we wanted to have that same thought process with paper. We wanted to revolutionize the way people thought about a paper product, that it's not a waste and that it is sustainable more than just it's sustainable for the environment, but the people behind the product, because there are so many people behind a product that you purchase. Um, and so we really, I mean, that's where, and and people are like barista, you know, I I think when they don't associate it with coffee, they're like, what is that? But anyway, like we serve fair trade paper and our hope is that we're not the only ones that do that in the future, that other people are thinking the same thing. Um, we don't want to be the only ones, right. We don't want to be the only ones making a difference, making a change, doing what's right. Um, yeah. I I love it. And I love the idea that you know, tying to, you know, like endless cups of coffee in the morning, endless paper, like you need this, you Mm -hmm. need these organizational tools, you need these cards to connect with people you love and don't worry, we're going to make more. 
Yeah, which I just received a card for you from you from thinking of you week. And I just so kind. Yeah, I just loved receiving it. It was a um, girl with knife card, which I've never mm-hmm. received. So I was so just, I don't know. It was just epic because I was listening to your podcast and I got the card. Anyway, ah, thank you. I love that. <laughs> I just I connect think- you with people. <laughs> There is a real magic to receiving a physical card in the mail, period. Uh, but there's right. also a magic within our community, I think, of like giving, sending someone's card to themselves, sending someone else's card to someone. Like we should all be very well versed in that experience. And, um, and that includes receiving something that we're not re- expecting to receive because that's how snail yeah. mail works. Right? right. Yes, absolutely. It's such a surprise in the mail. You know, it's so fun. It's not I bill. love it. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I, you know, I'm not going to get too off track, but I, you know, I started the GCA birthday club as a way, not just to celebrate people's birthdays and, you know, celebrate each other, but like get us in the habit of like yes. flexing that muscle. And yeah, because mm-hmm. I think it's really, really important and it helps us all um, in the community, no matter what we do, stay at the top of our game. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So speaking of which, I want to nerd out a little bit on your cards. Um, you, you used to do just flat cards, like the one I read before, meaning yes. there's a printed message on the front and the mm-hmm. user would write the message on the back. Um, your right. paper is thick enough so that nothing bleeds through no matter what Mm -hmm. you're doing on it. If you're watercoloring using a fountain pen, it's not going to bleed through. So within the last, you know, within the last year, maybe six months or so, you, you -hmm. recently introduced flat folded cards, Mm -hmm. uh, which are a bit more traditional. And then you, and then you raised your prices at the same time, which is, like a very stressful process as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh-huh. so, so I know personally that the, this entire process was sort of a time-consuming nightmare for you, uh, but I think you're on the other side of it now. Um, yes. Starting yes, yay! Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how has the response been at both wholesale, to your wholesale clients, the stores you sell to, as well as retail to those uh, direct-to-consumer customers that are buying your cards? Like, how has it been? Yeah, um, well, I mean, first of all, I want to just say thank you because you were just such a sounding board for me because I was really stressed about it. Um, it was a long time that we chose not to do folded cards because the huge cost difference. I mean, it is twice as much for us. Mm. I mean, it's basically a dollar for us just to have a paper. (laughs) Wow. That hurts. Without the printing, without the envelope, without the sleeve, you know, without anything else. So it's a full dollar. And And you're already paying your labor more than a fair price. So like at a certain point, you can only drive the wholesale up so much before it doesn't, your margins are nothing and you can't work. You can't make it work. Right. Right. And, you know, I think with a vision that hopefully Mexico work out and we have more paper. I mean, that was part of it too. But I mean, I think the other part is that we just always had key accounts who were wanting folded and we would do that Mm -hmm. for them. And we would have retailers who would just reach out and be like, well, I really wish this was folded. Now I will say that there are a lot of people who still really love our flat cards and we have floating Mm -hmm. frames and 
And for those of you who don't know our paper, it's deckled. So it looks mm-hmm. torn, but it's not. It's, it's deckled. So it's naturally done edges that are not perfectly straight, you know? And so it kind of looks like a torn piece of paper on all edges. So it was, mm-hmm. it was nice to be flat. We wanted it to be a keepsake. We don't want things to be thrown away either. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But with this folded card was like, okay, we could, <laughs> we'll, we're getting there slowly. And, and we did raise our prices, but we kept our flat card. So that was the other thing. We were going to completely just discontinue the flat card and move over to mm-hmm. folded. And mm-hmm. then I think we got just so much feedback from like you guys, other people from the GCA. I mean, I know you've talked to seedlings, Carlos. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always a great mentor of mine. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we just said, okay, we're going to do both. And so I think that that really helps retailers decide. And often what we'll get is we'll get an order with both. So we'll get some of like the folded cards and some of the flat cards. And I think that that allows them to still keep a good range. So our flat cards haven't changed in price. Um, but our folded cards are 50 cents more. So, yeah, yeah. So I think that helps. Yeah, I think over time it'll be interesting to see how it plays out to see if those right. retailers are, you know, I still have customers who like the flat cards, oh, but uh-huh. now I'm getting new customers right. who like your folded cards as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And that's been fun. Like, I just, I'm so excited about that in the process of just being able to do that for retailers. We just want to really, especially like our mom and pop shops really have a pulse on what the customers want. And all of our, I don't know. I don't know if you know, all of the ladies that work for us are retired. And so they just don't understand the flat card. So they were our biggest like cheerleaders, like finally a folded card. Now I know what to do with it. So it's been great. (laughs) Right. Right. I love it. And I love that you have something for everyone. And I think you can take I think as time goes on and the dust sort of settles a bit, you, uh-huh. you will be able to take them both in different directions. directions. Oh, that's like yeah. I think I like yeah. I I think the flat card format, for example, for you could succeed if you like belly banded them in a box of six with the envelope. You know, like yeah. you could yes. you could go mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. direction and yep. those customers might respond to that in a way that like the box folded note customers might not. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. And we've, we've seen some of that success with our box sets. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, we do flat cards with our box yes, Christmas absolutely. sets and all holidays absolutely. and they do really well. So yeah, we're, that is definitely oh, the you're, go in. Good. You're already on it. No, no, no. I'm taking all, I'm taking notes here, Sarah. I'm like, you are, yes, that is the next direction. I would love to see that though. Like I, you know, if people, a lot of people, a lot of people think of flat cards as a little more masculine. So, and men have very different card buying habits, I think than women. So maybe, maybe that's something worth investigating. Um, oh, absolutely. In fact, when we first started and we weren't doing this at all, very different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. direction we're taking, we wanted just to create cards for men. So oh, I do wow. have that tendency where it's, I am a little less pinkish feminine. Right. I'm right, a little right. bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. Right. And since your partner is your husband, he's going to have like, he's going to understand like, you know, yeah. a little bit more about that, about that right. market. Yeah. Just, yeah. Organically. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think men gravitate towards texture. I mean, everyone does, mm-hmm. right? But the yes. texture of the paper um, really draws them in when we've gone to like right. in-person shows. Yeah. 
Right. And there's also something I think about the flat card, like mentally, it feels like less of a like, oh, I have to fill this space up. Like yes. there's something yeah. psychological mm-hmm. there where it yeah. feels a little more approachable. Yeah. We're, and that's where our younger consumers prefer the flat card versus what we're seeing, you know, as, right. as we launched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Like yeah. I could nerd out on the difference between flat cards and folded cards for hours. <laughs> I just think it's, I just think it's so fascinating, but same, um, same. <laughs> so anyway, um, finally, I, I just love that you are such an experimenter in our conversations. It's, you're always like thinking of this and trying this out and doing mm-hmm. that, you know, and wondering about this. So, um, I would love to close with a glimpse into any other products or product categories that you are thinking of that you're willing to share. Yeah. I'm always an open book. So, um, <laughs> We, so our, our main goal in sustainability has always been the people behind it. And I know people Mm -hmm. have a different definition of sustainability. A lot of people think of the environment. I often Mm -hmm. think of the people behind it, creating a sustainable wage for them. Mm -hmm. But in that, over the years, um, we, the reason why we've been more eco-friendly is because some of these products really harm people, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the manufacturing Mm -hmm. plants, some of the dyes. Um, some of the processes. So we've become, I mean, it's kind of been a married situation. If you care about people, you care about the environment. If you care about sure, the environment, sure. you're caring about people. And so we've really decided, I mean, I, I try to really have honed in on what our brand is and that has taken mm-hmm. a lot of years and I don't know if like we've gotten it right yet, but so our products are expanding to really being super earth friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And in that, just selecting products that fit that mold. So, for example, like we are going to be launching Swedish dish cloths. Yay! And, I um, love Swedish dish cloths. The world so needs excited. more. The world more, needs more. more. Yeah. And so that took a while in finding the right manufacturer, which we'll, we'll be working directly with a Swedish company, which I'm really excited about. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's taken a lot of time. So that's something we're launching. Um, and we're looking at just a whole other slew of eco-friendly products. Like, you know, we're, we're even looking at like having different wrapping paper that is nice. very eco-friendly, more tissue paper that is like uh, biodegradable, does it as yes. acid free, um, just things along those lines, but also products too, that fit along that. So breaking more into like household goods per se. I, um, I love it. I love it. So yeah, we'll figure um, out all that. <laughs> We're doing yeah, it slowly, I, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, the line between, I mean, desk and home is becoming more and more mm-hmm. like blurry every day. I think yeah. it makes a great sense for an, an expansion for you. And I think yep. uh, retailers will be able to make really fun vignettes and have a lot of fun with that cat, with that, category and that idea too. So absolutely. Cause there's so much that we could be doing, you know, reusable straws. I mean, you know, like for us being eco-friendly and fair trade does not mean we're being crafty. Not that the, like, mm-hmm. we love crafty things, but we want it to look also really, really sharp. And yes. so that's our goal in the products that we're rolling out. Um, stickers, we really try to shy away from, we have a few and we've we really like people are always like, you should make more stickers. But right, it right. really for us is not an environmentally friendly thing. 
And okay. So it's like we tried it. Well, yeah. Anyway, we were trying to stay in our lane, right? I think that's great. And I think that there's a real, like, uh, there's just a real value in looking at market trends and uh, not everyone is mm-hmm. for you. Like, right. you don't have yeah. to jump on this sticker bandwagon. If it's not right. a good fit for right. our brand yeah. and our process, then, you know, maybe the next big, yeah. tr- maybe the next big lifestyle trend will be a better fit. So, yeah, absolutely. Think, absolutely. And I that's crushing that's- my girls, though, because <laughs> they love stickers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Um, it, and I, I do think it's amazing that uh, not only are you doing all this, but you're raising, you know, you're running a house, you're raising a family, you have two little girls. I know your your girls are young. How how remind me how how oh what grades are they? What grades are they? Um, they are Pearl just started first grade. Um, she is six going on sixteen, and Aww. Ruby is all the sass with four years old. So she's in Aww. preschool this year. But I love how we always exchange stories because I feel like. <laughs> being a mom is like never ending. So I'm like, I can already see the teen years. So I'm always gleaming on you. Like, so what's it like? <laughs> I know oh. you have one more year left before oh, oh to college. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, Pearl and Ruby are great names. Veronica. Yes. She's a senior yeah. last night. She, I don't know. She's, she's uh, last night. Rick and I were like, you have to apply to less than 20 colleges. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like uh, she's down, very, amb- well, and she's they very have, ambitious. Like, yeah. And they have like little fees, right. Just to apply. Like it's totally. like, <laughs> it's, it's, they, to you will yeah. be nickeled and dimed to death. I, we want her to end up in a, yeah. in a good place. And she's very ambitious. She's applying for a million scholarships. Last night, she asked me to help her like film this video that for for this NASA scholarship. (laughs) She's she's a STEM girl, and like I I love that. I was not going to win Mother of the Year though because every time she started talking, I started laughing, and she was getting really (laughs) mad at me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting revenge for like all the times that she came in my office and started talking to me while I was on a conference call. Like it's yeah, yeah totally karmic, but it's, it's fun. You know, it's, I think every age is sort of an adventure. It's a little sad that she's leaving, uh, soon, but at the same time, like she's exactly like I was at that age. She cannot get out of this town fast Fast enough. enough. So I know know. how can I not respect that? Yeah. (laughs) That means you've done a good job. Right. So enjoy your girls before the wanderlust kicks in. That would be my thing. It's already happening. (laughs) Anyway, Christy, this was such a treat. I cannot thank you enough for um for coming by. And this was our third attempt at having you here. The first time I had COVID, second time I lost power. And even this, yeah. even this recording, this was our second recording because <laughs> like the site was being wonky. So I know third time's a charm, but it third really time has. Yeah. I mean, it just really has been such an honor. Really, truly, Sarah. Like, I don't know if people out there know how much you give to the stationary community, but you are like constantly giving. You're in the greeting card association. You constantly give feedback. You're our biggest cheerleader. So if anything, like we just, I I just want to say thank you so much for everything you do for us. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Christy, for finally coming on The Paperfold. It took a few tries, but I'm so glad it happened. I'm so in awe of all you are doing and so proud to call you my friend. 
Finally, thank you for listening. Of course, feel free to give me a five-star rating and review if you are so inclined. The Paperfold is proud to be a member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. To learn more about this dynamic community, please visit evergreenpodcast.com. Thank you so much, nerds. Please stay safe out there. <laughs>